Welcome to Fintech Focus. Today I'm joined by Terry Igararo. He is the founder and CEO of Inventory Club um, and he's also written a book, Think Like an Entrepreneur and Grow Rich. Terry, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, dear Nadia. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, so it would be fantastic if you could tell us um, a little bit about Inventory Club. Okay, so uh, Inventory Club is a peer-to-peer trade finance ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And what's pretty different about what with us and what we're doing with trade finance is most people hear trade finance and they think about huge conglomerates and huge you know businesses getting mm. trade finance from the banks. But what we did is we brought it down to the person level. So yeah. it's more about people to people helping somebody else to start um, trading online. What we've done with Inventory Club is we've also removed the biggest barrier to entry, yeah. credit. Great. So it's non-credit based. Yeah peer-to-peer trade finance and it took quite some engineering to actually work out how do we build a model that allows people to get access to finance who don't have any credibility who don't have any money who don't have any sort of um, assets to put down Mm -hmm. but want to start trading online and blockchain was really at the core of what we what at the core of the solution really yeah I can imagine so what would you say is your mission uh, for the marketplace and ecosystem that you've built? Okay, so the, the mission for the marketplace and the ecosystem is to make it easier for anybody living in the Commonwealth mm-hmm. to get access to finance to start selling online. Uh, the Commonwealth is made up of 53 nations, about 2.4 billion people, and 94% of those people are in African, Africa and Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, So aside from the more developed economies of the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, and India is about to join that group. Mm -hmm. Apart from those guys, everyone else is in emerging economies. And when we were looking at the challenges faced by the emerging economies, we realized that digital trade was a huge one for so many different reasons, both from a seller's perspective or a merchant's perspective, as well as from a consumer perspective, Mm -hmm. and then a technology perspective. So there were so many different things lacking so we looked at the, that, at the Commonwealth and we said, hold on for a minute. This is actually a distributed marketplace. Like, I mean, you've got in, in the West, you've got Amazon and it's handling Americas and parts of Europe. And mm-hmm. then, you know, in the East, you've got Alibaba and it's doing a lot of stuff over there. Yeah. And then you've just got this distributed marketplace of 2.4 billion people who have nothing. Mm. So we said, OK, right, well, there's a real challenge there. And it's not even just a challenge because we made it up. Yeah. It's actually well documented. It's probably the biggest gap in the market. It's a huge in gap in history. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. And yeah. and and the thing is, like you know, when we were doing the research, and the deeper I went into the research, there's actually reports on these are the challenges. We yeah. need help to solve them. And traditionally, governments don't solve these problems. They just say these are the problems. They provide frameworks. They provide whatever they whatever assistance they can. Mm. But it's up to people who can be innovative and they're visionaries to say, okay, look, you know what? I think we can add this to solve the problem. So with Inventory Club. By us doing what we're doing, what we hope to see happen is that other people within the Commonwealth start building out other technologies and other infrastructure, well, other businesses to support the infrastructure. Amazing. I mean, Inventory Club is, like I said, it's a peer-to-peer trade finance ecosystem. Mm. So on one part, on one of our platforms, um, the merchant who can be someone in Nigeria or India can, can come you know, they can be any any one of the 53 nations over time. But for the moment, it's just the UK and, and Nigeria. But yeah. someone could be from Nigeria, no access to, no finance, no help, nothing at all, yeah. can come to the Inventory Club platform and basically pick 
a product that they believe they can sell. Yeah. Now, for the time being, we're focused on footwear. Okay. So the we want to be the number one platform for selling footwear in the Commonwealth. Yeah. Nice. So the person can come and say, I want to sell these pair of shoes. Um, and they essentially can draft up a a, a product proposal. Mm-hmm. And the product proposal will say, okay, this is the uh, purchase price, this is the retail price. I want to sell, you know, they might say, okay, look, you know what? This thing costs £10. I want to retail it for £20. I'd like to get 10 pairs. Mm-hmm. So essentially, I need £100. It's going to retail for £200. And I'm going to split the profit 50-50 with whoever gives me the money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, brilliant. And oh, by the way, I'm going to sell everything in three months. So we now have a time frame. We now have a specific amount. Uh, and we have a good return. Yeah. So that goes onto the platform. Now, somebody else can be from anywhere in the world, can come onto the platform and see this proposal and say, okay, so if I give someone £100 today, within three months, I'm going to get my £100 back plus £50. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah. You know, so that's the first thing that happens on the trade finance platform. But what we did to actually make it so that it's not credit based is when they provide that finance, we don't actually give that merchant the funds. Mm-hmm. Instead, we buy the goods directly from the suppliers. So we know so the, the person putting the money up can be rest assured that every penny that you've just given us is going straight to buying these products. Mm-hmm. And when we get the products in, we now bring them back into our own warehouses and we keep custody of them. So you de-risk it for we, each side. Yes. Yeah. We de-risk it so we don't give the person who's purchased the, the products, they don't get it because then they can just go off and sell it for themselves yeah. at a good price. Yeah. So we keep it. We don't give it to the person who's raising finance because they don't have no nothing to lose, so to speak. So we keep the goods in our own in our own warehouses. And then what happens is, so that's the peer-to-peer, that's the trade finance side of it. So what we said is like, okay, how else can we de-risk it? So then we built a secondary marketplace called Conway, Mm -hmm. which is a bit like uh, Amazon, Mm -hmm. but only for people who've been financed through our platform. Mm -hmm. So now the merchant will have a store on Conway, and their primary objective is to drive as much traffic to their store to sell those products. Every time a product is sold, we it's our responsibility to ship the products out to the customer Mm -hmm. and then distribute the funds between the merchant and the member. Now, the member's the investor, so we call them investors members on our mm-hmm. platform so we just distribute the funds between the two of them and that's the it's everyone's responsibility to to grow and share that marketplace yes yeah okay so so tell us a bit more about your your personal journey that got you to inventory club oh this journey started probably <laughs> about 10 years ago i imagine i mean it's been a long time it's been a yeah. long journey i mean well, I'll take it from, from when I finished university. So yeah. um, I ended up studying business information systems. And even that was a journey by itself because I knew I wanted to get into IT, but coding wasn't the thing that excited me. Mm-hmm. It was actually really frustrating for me because it's like syntax error. I don't know what this problem is. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the patience for it. But then whilst I was studying, I did a H&D first and I discovered databases. Yeah. And, and how businesses use technology. And I said, I like this. Mm-hmm. So I fell in love with the whole idea of databases, database architecture, and building databases to solve business problems. Mm-hmm. So after my, when, I finished, uh, when I finished my last exam, I said, right, I'm going to now start a business. Mm-hmm. Who's with me? And most people were not. And it didn't make sense to me because <laughs> yeah. that was when the financial crisis just happened. Mm-hmm. So there was, they weren't hiring. And I said, we're all going to face the same problem. You're going to be shipping out CVs, and I'm you're you're going to be shipping out CVs, and I'm going to be shipping out solutions. Yeah, you know. But we've got we collectively have got a skill set that we can use. Um, but it was really quite hard to convince people of this because mm-hmm. they just wanted to go and get a job. So then I had to start the journey from that point on. And since then, I've been trying to figure out. You know, I've always wanted to build something that's going to have an impact, that's going to really change some people's lives. And I found that. 
when I was looking around at also really great tech companies and looking at all the other sort of consultancies and basically everything around the tech space, I didn't really see anything that represented me. Yeah. Especially when I used to go to websites and I looked at the about page and see the team and I was like, hmm, interesting. There is nobody on this team that represents me. Yeah. And that was a bit like, that's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it was also hard to actually get access to the finance to actually start something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had so many different ideas over the years and I've tried different ones. And that was part of, that was part of me just learning, I suppose, more about how the business side works and getting into... Supposed solving problems for people, so I did website development. So I went into so many different areas, mm-hmm. and then I took a little bit of a mini break from it because I needed to improve myself. Yeah. So I started getting into personal development, and when I got into personal development, I started to realize that there were so many synergies between business development and personal development. So mm-hmm. I'd spend time as a business consultant, consulting small businesses and startups, and helping them to get business plans in place and getting them into shape so they can move forward. So now I'm working on myself, doing a lot of self-reading and reading all these things, attending seminars and getting coached. And I said, this is no different from building a business. Then I started looking at the word entrepreneur. And I've, I think I've got, I think there's this thing about me that I, I really have a problem when people are socially excluded. Yeah. It really gets me. Mm-hmm. And I found that the word entrepreneur socially excluded like 95% of the population, if not 98%. Because when people hear the word entrepreneur, they're like, oh, that's not me. And I was like... Let me actually investigate what mm. an entrepreneur is. Mm. And I came up with a, I can't remember who, who, who quoted it, but it was from Harvard Business School. He said, entrepreneurship is the pursuit of opportunity without regard for resources not currently controlled. And I said, it has nothing to do with business. Yeah. and everything to do with pursuit of opportunity. And I said, every person wakes up every day in the pursuit of an opportunity that makes today better than yesterday. Yeah. I think it's mindset as well. Yeah. You know, like you just deciding, can I, can I change this? Can I affect this? Yeah. And, and, and literally, that's what entrepreneurship yeah. is. It's the you power you're to handing create. over control or you taking control. Exactly. And that control is the power to create. Yeah. So that's why I wrote the book, Think Like an Entrepreneur and Grow Rich, because mm-hmm. it's all about thinking. Thinking. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is just the power to create. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is now you just look at all the best businesses in the world and say, well, how do I model my career mm-hmm. on this? And yes, you can be an entrepreneur in so many different aspects. You know, you can start a company, you can be part of a company. But just running your home, your family household is business. Yeah. You know, you've got customers there. So, I mean, I've gone really deep into it. So, fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward. So, what happened is uh, my wife and I, we, we have got a salon. And I wanted to take the salon to the next step and open up an online side of it and, you know, start selling aftercare hair products online. And I looked at it and I said, okay, in this e-commerce space today, what is the number one competitive advantage that you need? I said, because you know what? The products are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. The price is pretty much the same. But speed is everything. Yeah. So I said, right, brilliant. Got it. Know the solution. So I just need to make sure I get enough product so that when people press order now, I can deliver now. So I reached out to some of the suppliers and they said, well, psh, you're just not big enough. We don't know you. You're mm-hmm. too new. Come back with all the money. I was like, this is not going to work. I need more now. I can, like, mm-hmm. I, you know. But it is, they just didn't want to help in that way. And I, and I understand this business. Yeah. You know, they've got to protect themselves. So I looked at it and I said, okay, right, so what do I do now? So I started thinking about it and I said, maybe I can get existing customers to finance the products for me and then, you know, essentially work it almost like a franchise model and we get our cut from it. So I worked at this little clever model and I said, 
the thing, one of the things I always do is when I find a solution, I always say, "What's the problem with the solution?" Yeah. The problem Test I found. It, yeah. The problem I even before testing, I said, mm. "The problem with this solution is that how do they know that I'm actually selling the products that I said that I'm going to sell? Because I can yeah. actually take the money, be selling lots of stuff, and say, oh, nothing's selling yet." You know, they'd have to really trust me mm. that I'm going to be that transparent. So when we start looking at the world of transparency, that's when I came across blockchain. I said, "Right, this solves my problem." Yeah. So as I started looking into it, I said, "This really solves my problem." Then I said. Let's take a step back. Is it just my problem I'm about to solve, or can I solve a problem bigger than me? Yeah. And when I thought about the whole idea of solving a problem bigger than me, that's when Inventory Club came about. Yeah. And then someone, you know, I can't remember, someone introduced me to, said, you know, have, you, have you taken a look at the Commonwealth, what's happening there? And I said, no. And I said, what's going on over there? I'm really nosy. I'm yeah. really a nosy park. If you tell me about some information, I will go and dig deep. Yeah. Like, I will go as deep as I can before I decide whether or not, okay, yeah. It's deep enough, it's not for me, or it's deep enough, I'm going all the way in. Yeah. And it became something that was definitely for me. And so that's how we got to Inventory Club. And then, you know, around that time, there was this big hype around ICOs and raising money and stuff like that. And I said, you know what? Okay, I think we can do this. Because mm-hmm. up until this point, it was so challenging to get access to the right level of finance. Mm-hmm. Not just 5,000. You mean, you want to build a tech company, you have 5,000 and 10,000. It's like... That's not enough to do what you need to do, mm-hmm. you know. Especially when you depending on the vision. There's, I mean, if you got if it's if it's small enough and you can do a lot of the stuff yourself, fantastic. But based on what you want to do, you might need a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, and I and I've always seen everyone raising money. I was like, but how comes everyone else is able to raise yeah. this money? And the way it was is that they just didn't look like me. You know, I call a spade a spade. They didn't look like me, and raising money was just like nothing. It's just like, but I'm like, but you don't even have anything. You've got what I've got. A business plan. Mm. And, you know, I've gone into competitions and I came third and I got little checks and stuff like that. And I said, there's there's a problem here. But what I found with cryptocurrency and the whole ICO space is it allowed anybody to come to to step onto the stage and Mm. present. And if people liked it, they were in. But the challenge, what we found with the whole ICO cryptocurrency space was that there were a lot of bad actors. People who decided that I'm coming in and I'm going to take this money and I'm out. I'm not building anything. First challenge. Second challenge people looking at it as a way to get rich quick like okay no problem I'll just put some money just undermines the whole point of it and ruins it for the people that are doing it properly you know Mm. so I mean essentially that's the journey to inventory club so you spoke a little bit there you touched upon it and you said it before we started recording um, that you've got a lot of opinions on diversity within technology and you mentioned that you went on about us pages of different tech companies um, and you didn't associate yourself with any of the people that you saw there or how it was described um, you also just spoke there about crypto opening the door for everybody. Yeah. So crypto has probably done done a very good thing for for many others. It's done a great thing for many others, and it's a shame that the they closed the gates really quickly. Mm-hmm. It was like right, we're only letting a select few, and that's it. Yeah. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. That's that's literally yeah. the way I see. It. And I think it's really bad that um, you know the 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 news that's been surrounding it. Um, but yeah, back onto what you were saying about the diversity thing. It's actually interesting because there was a tweet the other day. Um, I was, if you go to my Twitter, you'll see it. it's Terry I talks. But there was a tweet, and somebody tweeted about you know um, diversity in in fintech, and it was the same narrative, and it was about gender, not diversity. Yeah. yeah. And so I said, I retweeted. I said, you know, I'm I'm all game for gender equality. Like I come from a family of a big family of women like gender equality is one of the missions of inventory club mm-hmm. so i am big on gender equality mm-hmm. 
but gender equality is gender equality. It's not necessarily it's, all of diversity. It's not, you understand? It's cool, let's call it gender equality. You know, and I said to in the tweet, I said, look, I don't see anybody, I don't see anybody that looks like me in these senior positions. Mm-hmm. And the person, the author, turned back and says, well, you know, it's true. The old boys club is the old boys club. And depending on where you are in the world, it's going to be the same. So essentially, so I can't remember the tweet verbatim. So my response back to it was basically, so that means I'm in the wrong part of the world. Because that's essentially what you said to me. Like, look, well, well whoever the dominating um, race is in that country, that's who are going to be at the top of everything. So I was like, but we're in a multicultural society. I thought that's what London was. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but if we're in a multicultural society, then, you know, we should have multicultural businesses now because that's how we build better businesses. Yeah. So ultimately, I was told that I'm in the wrong part. Well, my conclusion was mm-hmm. that maybe I'm in the wrong part of the world. What do you think that we should all be doing? Because we're, we're all within the tech community in different ways. Me from a recruitment perspective, you actually building your, your own company and CEO. And there'll be lots of people from lots of different parts of technology that'll be listening and watching this. What do you think we all should be doing? With regards to? With regards to changing that level of diversity within I think the UK. That, I think the first thing is to actually be clear on what diversity is. Yeah. Like... Because, and, and the reason why it's probably rubbing me up the wrong way a bit is because every time I hear diversity, it's actually gender equality and yeah. not diversity. If I could see diversity being, look, you know what, race, um, whether you've got disabilities, like if it's across what, what diversity is, mm-hmm. then I'd have no problem with it. But mm. every time I see diversity, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not seeing enough things, but mm. the stuff that I'm seeing, which is related to diversity and the word diversity being used, is more the gender side of it. Yeah. And I said, look, that doesn't solve the problem. And a, and a classic example is I remember, um, I think maybe about a year ago, once again, it's every so often I see these tweets or something somewhere. Yeah. Or, and it was about a panel. I'm not sure if it was a panel in Davos, but it was in a, one of those places that, you know, it was quite a high-profile thing, and it was really like, you know, thank, you know, finally we've got diversity on this panel. It was a tech panel. And Who was were, the diverse person? The diverse person, I think it was... Uh, an Asian woman. Okay. But I said to them, I said, you're still missing the trick. Yeah, that's not the I said, point. I said, I still don't see nobody that looks like me. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not diversity. Like, it's, we've, we've got gender equality on this. We don't have diversity on yeah. this. And, then, and the funny thing is, even when I'm looking in the blockchain space, yeah. and I'm looking at all the stages, and I'm looking at all the events that happen, and I'm like, are you mean to tell me that there's people, you mean to tell me that there are nobody that looks like me who are championing a project, who is doing something great, that's trying to have some impact? Are you, is that what we're saying? Mm. You know, is that what we're really saying? Or is it just the fact that, you know what, maybe I need to go to Africa and do this, mm. whereby... Or you continue doing what you're doing here and make sure that you're the champion of the project. Oh, no, of course. I, and then there's hundreds of people that can look to you well, and you, say, I see someone... And you know what, it's, it's glad that you say that, that part there because that's, that, that's the reason that's why I can't just leave. Because yeah. when we're talking about... And this, this now, if we look at this, it's, and it's deep, it goes deeper into society. It's when bigger pe- than just a tech mission yeah, you've got. It's, it's, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Because when we look at something like that, we keep, we, we keep seeing about knife crimes and all of these challenges, you know. Yeah. Around, around the country and it's just like but you do realise it's because people need to have things to aspire to Yeah, they need to be able to see something that they can do guess what not everyone can be a footballer not everyone can be an athlete not, not everyone can be a musician these are not things that everybody can do they don't necessarily have those they might even have those interests Yeah, they need to be able to see all the other things that they can do and they're like well 
this person came from where I came from, and they can do. I can. It's it's essential. It's a necessity. If we're trying to solve deep rooted problems in the society, yeah, it starts from the leaders of society, which are the businesses. Yeah. So you have a responsibility in society. It's not just for um, your tech mission. It's it's your personal mission, but also societal mission. I think. Yeah. Everything that you're saying. So just going a step back now to uh, Inventory Club. So you talk a lot about share the growth share the profit can you tell us about what that means yeah so essentially share the growth share the profit i mean we've got our own we've got um we've got our own currency it's called vnt and the idea behind it is don't look at vnt as a means of i'm going to get rich quick with this currency mm. actually use the platform mm. because what happens when you use the platform is you will get a return on whatever you put into the platform and in turn you're also going to help somebody else enrich their life yeah. We've got a huge unemployment problem in this country. Nigeria's mm-hmm. got a hundred. In fact, the unemployment is huge across the whole of the Commonwealth, mm-hmm. particularly with the youth, mm-hmm. right? But we've got a lot of remittance going back into the Commonwealth. I mean, I think last year it was 22 billion going back into Nigeria. Now, I remember reading a report from the Commonwealth, and they said that, you know, if the remittance was investment going back into the country, it would look like three times the size of it. Wow. So the idea behind share the growth, share the profit is rather than just, you know, giving money out and shilling money out, actually be part of the growth of somebody else. Yeah. Because if we go back, and I keep talking about Nigeria because that's where we're yeah. launching, you know, that's where we, we, we believe we're going to have a huge impact there. Yeah. But let's look at it this way. You provide somebody with finance, they make the sales, so now they've got extra money that they didn't have in the first place. They can now go to their local store buy food that they couldn't, or buy something that they couldn't buy before, but now that person has now taken that business in, and now that person can get more supplies. Essentially, it builds the economy. Pay it forward, isn't it? Exactly what it yeah. is. You know, so you can have your money sat in the bank, yeah. where you're getting maybe 1%, or you can join something like Inventory Club, whereby you're able to see what your returns are going to be, and it's predictable. You know, and have we taken measures? What happens if they don't sell? Yes, we've taken measures. There's always a risk. Yeah. Nothing can be you know, de-risked fully. But what we have done is we've tried to reduce the risk as much as possible. But on the flip side, the upside is so much better because if you put £100 into something and in three months you can get your £100 back plus £50, I don't know what bank's going to give that to you. Yeah. But that's what inventory clubs do. It's a, it's a brilliant investment. And it's, it's, um, it's for good. It's, yeah. it's not just for you personally making money. It's actually... We the, actually... The commun- you're building a community Yeah. In, in, in the inventory club business model, we make percentages yeah everyone else will get richer way yeah. before we do by being part of by being part and, of it you know and also the whole, the whole idea is we built our business on a set of sustainable development goals mm-hmm. so number one is gender equality mm-hmm. and we believe that inventory club can achieve gender equality because now you do, you know a, a female can be in any one of these emerging economies and she doesn't have to rely on the bank or the traditional ways to get money is that actually I can just join Inventory Club and someone can provide me with finance. And on the other side of it is, from an investment standpoint, women can also say, look, I want to get my money working for me. What can I get into? And they can, they can choose to finance anybody, male yeah. or female. But they can, some of them might say, I just want to finance females. Yeah. And we can bring these two groups together. And that, and, and that now, once again, this is contributing to the economy where people can actually now stand as equals because, well, you're earning, I'm earning. Mm. You know, you earn, I earn. No mm. problem. You know what I mean? What do you need? What do we need to do when we're solving problems? I can solve it too. What do you need? I can contribute. Mm. 
you know, because if you're earning, you can contribute. And if you can contribute, you can feel a lot more empowered. Mm. The other thing that we're looking at is decent pay and economic growth. And these two things fit in together, as I spoke about earlier on. Mm. Somebody, the ability to say, you know what, I've earned this money myself, using tools that are free, social media. Mm. So we're looking at the emerging economy. We've got social media. It's like, look, you can join the inventory club, get access to this finance, get your own online store. We didn't put no money down. Choose your, choose your own terms. How much profit you want back, how long is it? You're in charge of all of this. And then jump on social media, make all of yourselves. Like you, you're, you're doing stuff that's so, much, so natural to you. So now you've got decent pay because you're earning a living for yourself, which yeah. contributes to the economic growth, as I spoke about earlier yeah. on. Yeah. And we're looking at innovation and infrastructure. By Inventory Club exposing what we're doing to these people, to, to, to the economies, we hope that everybody else will look and say, hey, okay, what can we do to build to help grow that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people talk about the challenges of the logistics. I said, look, those logistic problems will be solved because as we bring this thing here, people will come and say, right, we can solve this. We can solve all the different problems that need to be solved by us just creating the ecosystem. They start solving these problems. People mm-hmm. can now also build other businesses mm-hmm. because there is going to be gaps and there's going to be needs. That it probably encourages that mindset of, of problem solving rather than just, as you said at the start, governments identifying a problem and, and, and talking about a framework. Instead, you're actually problem solving in, in reality and making it happen and then encouraging people who have their own problems that are very specific to their situations to think, well, actually, now I can go and yeah. make it possible for them to solve their problems yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what what then would you say is your is your um, long term vision? Like, what is this going to look like in in five years? What what would the tech look like? What's the big the big goal for you? Man, I mean, I, I think um, that's a big one. I mean, the the big goal really is to, I suppose, if we, it's hard to even say. It's, just, it's a good question because there's lots of big goals. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, the big goal is to actually have the impact on the people's lives in the yeah. countries. Like to be able to say, look, you know what? We've got, I don't know, a million merchants mm-hmm. on board Inventory Club, and they are all earning, let's say, you know, depending on where they are in the world, but they're earning, they're earning above minimum, minimum. So they're actually building out companies for themselves because mm-hmm. they might start as one person, yeah. but as they grow. They can employ more people to work with them mm-hmm. and grow out businesses. We want to be able to say we contributed to the economic growth of economies. We want to know that anytime Inventory Club opens up in another country, that country experiences an economic boom. Because Inventory Club, by default, what we actually really do is we attract foreign capital into the host nation. Mm-hmm. So to be able to say, right, we can attract you know, 100 million into a country and know that 25 million of that will stay. Yeah. That's what we want to do. So that's, you know, our big mission is to be able to say, look, we can help kickstart economies. Yeah. Well, that's great. Look, thank you very much for listening. I mean, these are big missions, big changes, big societal changes, not just tech and innovation. It's where it really fits in the much bigger picture. So if you'd like to hear any more about blockchain, crypto, any of the themes that we've been talking about today, please get in touch with Terry. Um, I'll put all his details at the bottom of this post. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Great to meet you. Cheers.